Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back to episode 9. Next week will be the last episode of the season. Um, I'll be taking a little break before coming back sometime in November with season 2. So this week I chat to Sophie French who is a creative coach based in Leicester. We talk about Sophie's career change, self-doubt, IGTV and content creation. I hope you enjoy. Hi Sophie. Hello lovely. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to dive in. Yeah, me too. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, of course. So I'm Sophie French and I run a life coaching and business mentoring company and I help women predominantly to crush the can't in their head. So what I mean by that is the mean voice, the self-doubt that tells them that they're not good enough or that they can't do it or that they're not worthy of charging more and all of these kinds of things that we make up in our heads, particularly for women in business. I really help them to break through that to get over that so that they can pursue the things that they love live the life that they really want to live earn the money that they want to earn and basically create a bloody epic life sounds yeah sounds pretty epic (laughs) sounds awesome so um take us back to where it all started so when did you first start your business and perhaps I don't know whether is that something you did kind of straight out of school or did you do something before this Mm, yeah, so oh, it's always tricky to know where to start, yeah, but I, <laughs> I will jump right in. Um, so from uni, I worked uh, in the press office at um, Dunelm head office in the Midlands. So that was my first job out of uni. It was in the press office and then became the PR manager there. Um, so I was sort of intently in with all things PR, communications, and was also their senior copywriter. And then I decided after a few years that I wanted to go traveling. So that's what I did. Went to Australia with my boyfriend and some friends and just figured that I would just get a bar job or, you know, I just wanted to do the whole traveling thing. Never really thought about what I was going to do for money. Um, But as I was looking for some jobs, I actually came across a marketing job and the lady who was hiring was looking for a freelance copywriter. And it was something that I figured I would do, that freelancing was something I wasn't allowed to do until I was like 40 or 50 and I'd got it all figured out. Um, But I said yes and went with it. And the lady that I was working for was actually a coach and had studied in neuro-linguistic programming and in personal development. And basically working with her, having her as a client for copywriting, I was opened up to this entire world that I knew nothing about in which you could change your thoughts, you could change the everything you've been brought up to know, you could change the complete direction and projection of your life. And it was from there, because I had learned so much from her and from all the things that I had sort of dived into the personal development rabbit hole, I'd it had had such an impact on me that I actually decided that I wanted that's something that I wanted to do and I wanted to teach everyone about this um, and how they can change things and take back control and something that I was also finding as a freelance writer was that women were not promoting their businesses because there was a lack of confidence in there so the two really started bridging together and yeah, that's how it all kind of came about. So that was about four years ago. Um, yeah, and that brings me to where I'm at now. That's amazing. So how long did you go away for initially? Mm, so I was away for a year. Um, yeah, so we were in Australia for eight months and traveled to New Zealand and Fiji and all these lovely places. And so were you working as you were traveling as well? Yes, yeah. So was working kind of from my laptop by the pool. So and that was, was your, like, this is the dream. That was your first introduction to that. Yes. So yeah. I was like, huh, this is possible. But obviously, I had no idea about 
how to charge or even how to send an invoice or how to talk about anything or how to position myself. So it wasn't as glamorous as it may have looked um, mm. back then because I was figuring it out. I was terrified. Um, so it was a great introduction to the world of, of freelancing and having your own business. But yeah, there was all sorts for me to learn that I just kind of learned as I went. Yeah, so, yeah, so you, you'd say you were kind of self-taught in that oh, sense yeah. with, with regards to all the kind of businessy side of things. Yes, absolutely. It very much was a learn on the job, learn as you go. I was like, just remember freaking out the whole time for an entire year because it all felt like an accident and I felt like an imposter and that someone was going to find me out. Um, as I know many people experience, I know many of my clients experience. Um, so yeah, what I remember particularly of that first year is just, you know, scrambling and struggling and just kind of wondering what on earth I was doing, but seemingly looking like a swan gliding on the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also I think that is part of running your own business. Like, I think that's, right. that's the problem, isn't it? That most people mm-hmm. just see that... Um, the stuff that you put out there and it all looks um, very effortless and mm-hmm. um, like not much hard work maybe goes into it. But actually mm-hmm. on, you know, kind of the underneath all of that, there is all the hard graft or the stressful days maybe because you don't, you're not sure what you need to do next actually. And mm-hmm. you, you're having to madly research all the, all the stuff and that right. kind of, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, obviously, so you said you went traveling. So before that, you had a full-time job. So what yes. prompted you to go traveling? But also, did you end up just literally just handing in your notice? How did that um, work out? Yeah, so I, at the time, I was, you know, I'd had everything that I had ever dreamed of. I was working in this glamorous PR job. I was going to London and running photo shoots and with my high heels and my pencil skirt and my hair extensions and fake nails and everything was just how I'd imagined it to be until, um, it was actually until meeting my boyfriend who was just totally chilled had no interest in corporate wanted to travel and do all these things and I was like oh that sounds really interesting I'm gonna give that a try but at the same time was equally terrified because I'd got this kind of dream job in quote marks um knew that I wanted something more but genuinely did not think or believe that I would be able to get another job afterwards. Mm. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't comprehend being able to do that because I'd been treated so well there. And I I kind of had in my head that I'll go away for a bit and they'll definitely have me back. So I'll just go back there and then that will be my life. Um, yeah, so I think it was just a wanting for more to explore. Um, but it, yeah, it took me kind of, nine months of gearing myself up to actually leave mm. um, for it's me a, to do that yeah it's a scary step actually um mm. because there is no guarantee that they will take you back and like you say you didn't really know what it is that you wanted right to do um mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a tough one mm. um so you've talked about being an NLP practitioner now obviously mm-hmm. that's that's part of your business now so what mm. does that exactly entail yeah, so um, so I've recently become a master practitioner, which is really exciting, um, which is just the next level. So what it actually means is, so neuro-linguistic programming is neuroscience, and it is really all about the workings of your brain, why our brain works in certain ways, how it processes information, what that information does to ourselves how we think and therefore how we act and behave and therefore the life experience we have the results we receive so it's really all about learning how you can take back control of what is going on in your head in order to change and control 
the life that you create, the business results you create, what you're putting out there, how you're showing up, the relationships you have. It's really a deep dive into your psychology and what's going on in your head and helps you to explore, rewire, uncover what is going on so that you can change it so that it fits and adapts exactly what it is you want to have, create or do or be. Mm. And so how does that fit in with the coaching? How, what does your coaching entail, I guess? So Mm. anyone who would come to you for some help, what kind of things could you help them with? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what a lot of clients come to me with initially is they either have a business already, but they are completely burnt out, completely exhausted, generally because they are overcharging, undercharging rather, and over-delivering. They're definitely not overcharging. Um, yeah, undercharging, over-delivering. So they don't have the confidence in themselves. They, are, they don't have any boundaries. They're letting their clients essentially dictate their time, their energy, and they're not seeing that exchange of energy in terms of financial as an example of something that I'd work on. So we would look to explore what is it that they have learned about money? What is it that they have learned about their self or their worth or their value in what they do? And why is that showing up as not feeling able to charge more, not seeing what value they have, how worthy they are of higher prices, for example, and that exchange of energy that would actually feel good to them would actually allow them to have more time, more freedom, more energy, and to do the things that they actually started their business for. So the way that NLP works with this is we would explore what is going on in their head that is making them not set those boundaries, that is making them allow their clients to dictate their time and energy. And really helping people to reframe, rewire and change, particularly how they are viewing themselves so they get to build up their confidence in order to then confidently put in place more healthy boundaries with clients, prices that actually better suit what they want from their lifestyle and a more fitting exchange of the energy they actually put into their work and generally to create that fulfillment so they are actually figuring out what it is they want from their life and business and how they can start putting that into practice and pursuing that step by step rather than it feeling like this huge thing that they want that seems really far away. We really work together to explore what are the steps that you need to take in order to get there and then match that with the self-belief that they need to have in themselves in order to make those moves. Mm. So often I see people, and I think I was the same, to be fair, at the beginning, um, where you massively undercharge, mm. take on however many clients you can fit in. Right. Um, and like you say, you, you end up um, burning out and just, well, just being massively tired, overworked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. tricky situation to find yourself in. And then, yes, it, it, it's hard to find that self-belief sometimes to then raise your prices and actually like you say charge what you're worth mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I was absolutely there too like when I think the kinds of prices that I used to charge it just seems crazy now but at the time that just felt so big and I was so worried that people were gonna think x y and z um and it's not until you actually do some self-exploration and actually get get real with yourself and with you know, other people and your clients and your work that you can start to move out of that and start to really create something that feels as good for your client as it does to you. Um, And that, of course, equals how much you're being paid for it, how much fulfillment you have for it, how much you love it, what kind of service you're delivering and all of those things. Yeah. And you've mentioned uh, money mindset. I was actually just listening to someone talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard someone describe it as, well, I've heard someone describe money as the exchange of energy. 
Mm-hmm. How do you, is that something that you kind of align with? Mm, yeah, definitely. Because I feel it like is. I feel like a few years ago, if I'd heard someone say that, I would have been like, oh, "Really?" Uh-huh. <laughs> uh But I think my perception of things has definitely changed, and I I, I definitely feel like it kind of makes sense. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean. I think particularly it's easier to see how it's an exchange of energy when you think of the energy that you might put into a project, for example, if the money that you're being paid for it isn't aligned with the actual work that you're putting in. So if you think about that energy in terms of you might feel kind of resentful, you might be absolutely exhausted, which may mean that you may not give the best that you can to the client because you haven't got the resources to do so because you're having to work with X amount of other clients in order to pay the bills or pay the mortgage. And I think when you think about it in that way, if you're the kind of energy that you're putting into it then is going to be very different to if a client is paying a higher price that feels really good to you so you can put more attention into their project and really give them the service that they deserve and that you have the capacity and the ability to deliver um I really see it as a a better way to see it as when you think of it as the opposite of like but what is the energy exchange when you're not being paid because we've all experienced that when we have given a price and they've said yes and and then we do the work and we think oh my goodness I am not doing that again or that just felt nothing felt good about that yeah yeah I've definitely been there (laughs) right yeah oh me too for sure so tell us a little bit about the how to crush the can't in your head workshops I know you run uh, workshops like this um is it every few months Mm mm-hmm Yeah, so generally every quarter um, I run a couple of these workshops around the country and they are really a full immersive experience where we dive really deep into specifically what is going on in your head. What are your beliefs about yourself, about your work, about your life and How can we actually start to change them so that they support you rather than hinder you? And I really teach people some neuro-linguistic programming tools that they can use and take away to really take back control of that self-doubt gremlin that shows up a lot of the time. And it's also really beautiful because we also map out people's dreams you know the things that they haven't really dared admit that they want we go really deep into helping people figure out what they actually want for their lives even if it feels huge Um, and I always say when we're doing this kind of work um, be careful what you write down or be careful what you wish for because it always comes true and people always find it hilarious but it genuinely does like people come to me after the workshops you know a month, three months, six months later and say that, you know, I've looked at my list of things that I wrote down or I looked at the letter that I'd written and, you know, three out of four or all of the things have happened. And at the time, I honestly can say I did not believe that it was true. I just thought I was going through the motions and yet they happen. And it's just so powerful because, and also having these women in the room together, like, that alone is really, really powerful to be with people who have the same thoughts and beliefs as you perhaps, who have the same self-doubt, but also that really support and cheer each other on and kind of look at people with their own dreams and say, great, get on with it. But they wouldn't say that to themselves. And actually having that as a reflection is, is really, really powerful as well. So yeah, that's kind of the lowdown on what happens at one of the gorgeous workshops. Mm, it sounds pretty amazing. I think, um, yeah, I've um, definitely experienced the power of um, chatting to a group of women who mm-hmm. kind of get where you're at and support you 100%. I think it's it's so invaluable, actually. Uh-huh. Um, 
but also obviously the tool like you say you've mentioned um working through some of the tools um mm-hmm. to help you get clear on what you really want um mm-hmm. what would be the one tip that you would say to someone if they wanted to really have a think about kind of life goals I suppose and and the things that they would want to achieve Mm, yeah great question so this can be kind of a minefield for people because we all know very clearly what we don't want you know we can reel off a list of those things every day and probably have done since we could speak but what we don't often get asked or give ourselves the chance to think about is what do we actually want because particularly through school and high school we kind of get told this is what you're doing so we have this path and we never have that space to go what is it that I actually want from my life so I would say the first thing is to really take a step back from what everyone else is up to what your parents think what is happening on social media or what you think you should want And actually just take some real time to think, if I could have anything, what would it be? If I could be spending my day in any kind of a way, what would that look like? And and there will be all of these voices that creep in and say, well, you can't do that because of this, or that's not going to happen, so there's no point in thinking about it. You know, all of these things, but actually the first part is just allowing yourself to dream to explore to get in touch with yourself and to think okay all of those doubts and thoughts aside we can deal with those later if I could be do I have anything in my life in my business what would that look like because from there you have that space to get really connected with what you actually want and then you have something to work towards then you have something that you can say okay well I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen but at least I know what I want and then you have something tangible that then you can start finding the answers for Mm. and how would you work up through doing that in the sense that say you have this really really big goal that currently doesn't seem achievable how Mm. would you what are the steps that you could take to get a little bit closer to that perhaps Mm, yeah so you know having this big goal you figured out what you want then it comes on to the the inner critic or the voice that's telling you that you can't have it because as far as I know believe have experienced if you don't have something you want it's because there is a limiting belief or a block or something that you don't believe in yourself that is getting in the way of you achieving that. So the next thing is to really explore, okay, what is standing in my way of achieving, going for, having that goal that I want? And then it's really exploring and taking that time out to think, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself? What is the self-doubt that's creeping in? You know, what are all the restrictions that I am putting on this goal as to why I can't achieve it or haven't achieved it yet? And then it's really diving into those questioning, are they true? And how can you start to change them in order to move a little bit further towards the things that you want? Mm. I think we all hold some form of kind of self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the time I'm assuming they are kind of they go back all the way to our childhood um Mm -hmm. when perhaps we picked up on things even like stuff like the money mindset um you know perhaps things weren't all peachy at home with regards to money Uh, and and that I think that can affect the way you look at it later on in life can't it yeah absolutely it totally does stem back a lot to there you know we pick up everything that we know about the world and we model on what we're taught by our parents, particularly between the ages of naught to seven, is when we learn what the world is in our tiny little minds. And then we just model that until adulthood um, and continue to, unless we actually stop to question, hold on a minute, is that helpful? Um, And definitely, you know, we hear these kind of 
quotes or things like money is the root of all evil, for example. And we just sort of take that as a given. And then actually we go, well, who said that? Yeah. Who Does anyone have any evidence to support this? We're just sort of going along with this random phrase and reminding ourselves of it. But actually, you know, money is also the root of a lot of incredible things in the world and a lot of good. So it's kind of those little things that, yes, in phrases, in sayings, and also what our parents say and what we're taught, it's kind of getting to this point where we can see that those are coming up in our language and what we're saying and stopping to question, well, where did that come from? Is that even true anymore? Is that a helpful thing for me to think? And if not, what could I think instead? Yeah, what can I do about it to change Right, it? yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your social media. Um, mm. You're very, very present, um, particularly on Instagram. Um, oh, always good. posting stories. Um, <laughs> and I know you've made use of IGTV as well. Uh, so uh-huh. you post your videos on there. Um, have you had much engagement with the IGTV videos? Um, yeah, so IGTV is a funny one. It's still it something is. I'm, yeah, I'm really exploring and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, I have had a bit of engagement on there, particularly because stories are obviously quite short and stories I absolutely love doing, but are still very short snippets. So I found that IGTV is can still be relatively short, but it's just a bit of a longer form version of me being able to talk a bit more about what I want to talk about rather than having like 20 tiny little clips. Yeah. Um, So it just feels like a bit of an extension of that. Um, So the engagement has been good. It still feels very new. Um, But I'm I'm always I've always been the kind of person that just is such like a slow burner with things like technology. So Instagram, I didn't catch on to that for years. (laughs) By which time it's too late. Same with YouTube, like, it just You know, everything's very quick and I'm always very like, oh, well, is this going to be another thing that doesn't take off? And actually, I figured with IGTV, let's go for it. It feels like a really good fit and part of what I want to share and how I want to share that. So, you know, let's do it and let's see. Um, And I'm really enjoying using it so far, which I think is the main thing. Well, yeah, your videos always pop up on my feed, which is obviously a good sign. Oh, um, nice. But I think it's it's just, it is a nice extension of Instagram stories, like you say, because it, it is permanent. So you, and once you've uploaded it, obviously it stays there. So it, it does mean that people can go back and uh, re-watch stuff um, from a long yeah. time ago, which is a nice way to connect, actually, I think, as well. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, it almost acts as kind of a portfolio of things. It does, and yeah. yeah. In the way that stories does disappear, it's really nice to have that bank of things where you can share that with people and let them know that there's more um, that they can access and, and think about if they want to. Yeah, definitely. And how did you become kind of comfortable sharing uh, all things business online because obviously Mm. you do a lot of videos you do a lot of stories talking to the camera Uh, Mm -hmm. was it a struggle to begin with or were you always quite um keen to get going yes it was a big struggle to begin with oh my goodness I honestly used to feel like I was going to be physically sick (laughs) um and you know it was only till maybe 18 months ago that I actually, I think I did my first, my first video in my Facebook group, I think, Mm -hmm. which was where I kind of started to get a little bit comfortable with speaking, because I was like, well, I know that people who are here want to hear from me, so that's a really good sign, so, you know, I'm going to just go for it, and it really came from just doing it and realizing, oh, you didn't die, you could Mm. probably do that again. Um, and just building up that muscle. But, yeah, I remember, um, I don't know if you remember Periscope, like the days of yeah. that app. Um, I used to watch all of those and was and really wanted to do it, and I'd gear myself up for it every day, and then I'd just chicken out and be like, no, I can't, it's too scary. Um, 
I remember being on the phone to my coach at the time, thinking about posting even a photo, and I cried because it just felt so huge and so scary. Um, so it's a real difference to where I was at. Cause obviously, now you can't get rid of me. Um, no, yeah, yeah, you seem um, yeah massively confident, which is obviously great. It's it's lovely to see. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, that is. I definitely feel it now and it's kind of again it was all of the things that were going on in my head that were stopping me from doing it because really nothing actually changed apart from how I was viewing the whole situation what I was thinking yeah absolutely um so I guess my top tip with that is to just do it realize and give yourself evidence that you're not gonna die and then do it again and again and again until it just becomes part of what you do I have found the same that actually just doing it relatively regularly um yeah does make it a little bit easier over time the first mm-hmm. few are pretty painful yes <laughs> um, yeah but as you go you tend to kind of it yeah it just gets easier like you say it's just kind of a muscle you need to exercise mm, yeah that's definitely it yeah and with regards to your content so obviously so you create videos um you're active on instagram stories uh you also blog is it once a week that you blog mm-hmm. yeah so that's quite um a commitment mm-hmm. um and also you have your uh private group on facebook as well where mm-hmm. you contribute quite a lot as well mm-hmm. so how do you fit it all in and how do you um how do you do it i guess do you plan your content mm. Yeah, so how do I do it? That's a great question. (laughs) I do plan things. So I do plan out um, Instagram especially um, just because, you know, feeling like you have to post every day, I found that that really put a lot of pressure on, you know, because we don't all feel super inspiring or super ready to go every single day. So I really found that actually taking some time out where I could purely focus on what do I want to share, what do I want to say, um, helped me to plan things and for it to actually feel really good so that I just, it just took a little bit of that pressure away. Um, But actually, the more I am following what inspires me really, really helps, particularly with Instagram and Instagram stories. So Instagram stories I don't plan, they just sort of happen yeah. When I'm feeling inspired and I'll just find some time where I can be doing that. Um, same with videos. I go with what feels inspiring at the time. Um, and I think if I tried to plan that, it would feel quite stifling in a, in a way. Um, blog content, same thing. I go with what I feel inspired by, but I genuinely plan out kind of two at least in advance um so just so you're not, it all yeah you're not chasing that's it yeah time. so I've not got not got that pressure on myself um and so that I have that freedom to then be inspired by something else and I know I don't have to then grab it and write it and do it straight away it just opens up a bit more of that time and space mm. and what would you say is your kind of most popular type of content um so I would say well, Instagram content seems to go down really well, um, particularly like quotes and just my and just general um, vulnerability and authenticity. Really, when I talk about my own experience, I mean, same with everyone. That's what I love seeing in other people too. You know, when you can really feel that honesty and that integrity, and you actually get a little glimpse into what someone's like as a human. Um, that seems to be like the most popular. Yeah, I always find those posts the most kind of engaging. Mm. Um, so when I look at other people's um, posts and stuff, I I think you connect a lot more. Yeah. Um, with the person, don't you? When, when you yeah. can actually get to know them a little bit better, mm. as opposed to just the business side of things. Yeah, that's it. It's completely about that connection. Yeah, when you get to know someone, you get to see what they're really like outside of this kind of little grid. Yeah, just Um, being human. (laughs) 
that's it yeah it really makes the world of difference I think we can often forget that we are humans and our natural craving is human connection so yeah I think um really utilizing that and I think it makes it so much more enjoyable when you're actually coming from a place of being yourself being human not feeling as though you have to kind of fit into a certain way of being or sounding or looking um yeah yeah um do you say when you worked in your corporate job would you say Mm -hmm. you felt like you had to be a certain way and present Mm. yourself in a kind of professional way yeah definitely I mean even then I can see elements of how I didn't fit into the box like Mm. I just wasn't prepared I mean personality wise I wasn't I never took things too seriously even when they were serious apart from when I was crying in the toilet that felt quite serious um but definitely felt like I had to dress a certain way look a certain way and yes act a a certain way particularly at certain points it was like a constant analysis of am I doing this right is this okay what does this person think of me how can I be doing this better um it's quite freeing in a way isn't it working for yourself where you can just do what you want at this point yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah you can work in whatever clothes you want you don't have to see anyone if you don't want to um yeah it's definitely very freeing um though I do think like we have to be careful with social media not getting or not becoming the way that we kind of felt in corporate you know because actually some of those things that I've just reminded myself of of how I felt it's often what I hear from people and that's actually how they feel in managing social media as well it's like we've taken it to the online world yeah no it's very true it's it's kind of in a different way but you're so right that obviously the things that we present online are often just the good bits and right yeah so not sharing the whole spectrum of things Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. So what would you say is your number one tip for those trying to either leave their nine to five or those who have just started their own business? Mm. So I would say number one tip, particularly for nine to fivers before they leave, um, it's actually around um, their finances, right? Because one of the main things that I hear from people as to why they don't want to leave is a, is a lot to do with money and obviously they need to pay the bills and then when I ask the question how familiar are you with your finances like do you know how much you're spending Mm. they generally say no so what I would suggest is to actually get really really clear on how much you need to make in order to live in order to do the things you want as a first step and then from there you actually have facts and figures to work out well how much how much in my savings pot might I need and how long does this need to take and um, you know how much do I actually need to make and how many clients might that equate to so that then you're working from facts and figures rather than fear and just dismissing it as not an option Um, so I would definitely suggest that that seems to be such a, a common theme that I have heard in in clients particularly in their nine to five and then for, for people starting a business, actually probably the same thing. Um, just getting really clear on mm. how much you need to make in order to live, how much your lifestyle costs, and then working back from that in terms of, therefore, how many clients might you need to work with or what kind of packages do you need to create? Because I think a lot of the time... I mean, throughout our life, we're trained to want more and more and more and never know when more is enough. And actually, what I think we really need to start doing is thinking, well, how much, what do we want our life to look like? How much does that cost? And how can we work back from there in terms of helping our business to meet that? Um, and I think that's where quite a lot of us go wrong for a really long time. Yeah, well, how much is more? That's the thing, isn't it? It's right, yeah. Until you define it and really get intentional about what it is that you definitely want you can't mm-hmm. m- more is just such you know a very random thing that you can't really calculate you can't really yeah, yeah. 
that's it. We never know when we get there. It's just no, like, exactly, I don't know exactly. what it is. I'm yeah. just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a talking of money. There is a very good podcast called um, Meaningful Money Podcast. And oh. um, it talks about budgeting and all that kind of stuff. And that was, I've, I've found that really helpful. Just trying to work mm-hmm. out, like, like you say, obviously working out how much you actually spend. Um, yeah. what you need to cover all of your bills all that kind of stuff and then working out how much does that leave you per month and mm. all those kind of actual basics but we're not taught that at school so Hi, um, although yes they're basics in that sense but you, you know a lot of people like you say don't actually know those things so mm-hmm. that's yeah that's um, somewhere you might want to start mm. um, so what are your goals for the coming year I know that you've just released a mastermind on um copywriting mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's really exciting yes. yes that is very exciting yeah so running that masterclass on Thursday um yeah so that's gonna be really really cool and it's really a kickstart to a series of online courses and workshops that I'm going to be running and that I'm really excited about basically to bring all of the things that I've learned about business, about mindset, self-belief, sales, marketing, copy, really bringing all of those things together into an accessible place where people can get to it online. Because as much as I love the in-person and will continue to do that and really expand in-person workshops and I have a retreat coming up next year as well, um, as much as I'm continuing to expand that, I also know that there are people around the world that I am in connection with and that really want access to that. So Mm. I just really want to make my message and my passion and the things that I have learned that have been total game changers. I really want to share that with as many people as possible. So, um, yeah, that's really my goal for the coming year, really, is to expand um, that range of being able to teach people what I've what I've learned and really be able to help them, um, even if that's that's not necessarily one to one with me, but in more of a a group setting or a way that people can really get to know that and make it more accessible for them. That sounds great. So we've mentioned copywriting. What other topics do you think you'll be covering, or is that still too early to tell? Mm, yeah. So I am going to be covering all things to do with mindset. So. Um, how to smash self-doubt and feel really confident um, as well as money and magic. So really cultivating a great money mindset, being able to charge what you're worth and as well as the practical things in terms of knowing what to charge, what feels good. Um, And then all things marketing, so branding, photography, sales, copy, and lots of things about making it happen as well, you know, so we can have all the things that we want and so a lot to do more with the practical stuff on setting goals and knowing how to keep focused and, yeah, how to maintain all of that. So lots and lots coming, which is really yes. exciting. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. I'll be keeping mm. a lookout for that. That's yeah. amazing. Amazing. Um, so to kind of finish off, um, I ask two questions to all of the guests. Uh, what's a kind of favorite book that you've read recently that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, so I read this book often. So it's called Life in Half a Second. Mm, um, I've not heard of that one. Yeah, no, it's very like under the radar. No one's ever heard of it when I tell them about it, but then they come back to me like, oh my God, it's amazing. Um, So, yeah, Life in Half a Second by Matthew Michaelowitz. And it is, oh, it's just brilliant. It really lit a fire under my bum to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, Yeah, I just highly recommend it. It's really, really cool. Sounds good. And who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast? Mm, Great question. Gosh, there are... So many people. Um, I would say, who would I? There's just so many to pick from. I should have decided on some more first. Um, I would say um, Lucy Parker. Um, 
she has a vegan food blog, Lucy and Lentils, and she's from Nottingham, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, you know yeah, her? I, yes. I, well, I follow her on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, she's one of my friends, and she's just started out in self-employed life, and she's fab. She's literally just getting the most incredible opportunities mm. and um, and is really going for it in what she's doing. Um, and I think, yeah, she brings so much gorgeousness gorgeousness to the conversation and she's a fellow ginger as well so that's always a win tick tick yeah awesome that's great um thank you so much and just very lastly where can people find you online Mm. yeah thank you so they can find me over on instagram and my handle is at sophie french creative that's where i hang out most of the time um or in my facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash join the collective and also over on my website sophiefrench.co awesome thank you so much for coming thank you so much Anna it's been absolutely fab thank you so much for tuning in as always I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too I'll see you next week